Welcome to Maestros on Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Recorded at the Peak Velocity Studio in beautiful Brevard County on the east coast of Central Florida. Maestros on Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music, concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. The show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee, SCSO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau, and me, Jeremy Hickman. Sometimes we're even joined in the studio by the maestro himself, Aaron Collins. We're glad you're listening. So let's get going with this episode of Maestros on Air. Top of the morning to you, or top of the afternoon, or whatever time it is where you are and whenever you're listening to this show. Welcome to Maestros on Air, everybody. I'm Jeremy Hickman. We're doing something a little bit different today. We have ventured out of the studio and we're actually set up at a table in the middle of the stage at the Scott Center, getting ready for a performance. We'll tell you why in just a minute. Eric Lee, who is typically here, is actually en route. He'll be here in time for the concert, but was not going to be able to make it for the recording of the show today. He was actually part of a commission performance down in Miami last night. Uh, the topic was Zelda. Uh, I've heard about this before. Uh, Eric has taken part in a couple of these events where you basically bring together a pickup symphony and there is a theme to the symphony. Uh, this one, Zelda, uh, apparently played music and had uh, the pictures from the video game from the 80s in the background above the stage. So uh, Eric said that's fun. Uh, and there's been a couple of different ones he's taken part in, uh, but I've not gone to any of them because, well, this one was in Miami. I think recently he did one in Jacksonville. Uh, so eventually I'd like to find one of these that uh, I can make it to because it's very interesting. At any rate, uh, he uh, woke up this morning in Miami as in route. He'll be here in time for the concert, but not in time for the recording of this show. Also, the maestro himself, Aaron Collins, was going to be here and be the lead interviewer. The reason he's not here is, well, you'll recall on a recent episode, we talked about the fact that the Space Coast Symphony doesn't have a home venue. Uh, we're here today at the Scott Center. In fact, the Scott Center is... Uh, I think by far the venue where the Space Coast Symphony performs most often. However, it is not a home venue. And what I mean by that is every time there is a performance, the chairs, the music stands, the percussion, all the other instruments have to be uh, brought in, set up. Uh, in time for the performance, then after the performance, everything carried back out. So at a late hour, there was a need for a change uh, on an instrument package. Aaron decided to take, uh, take, take charge of that situation and go handle it himself, so he's not here. Back in the 1990s, I went to an event in Dallas, where I was living at the time. Uh, there was an event at uh, Reunion Arena. This, at the time, was the home of the Dallas Mavericks. They've since moved into a much better arena. But the topic was uh, success and how to get through life and handle life's challenges. And there were several great speakers that day. I think 10,000 plus people were in attendance. This was the mid 90s. The marquee speaker, the headline speaker late in the day was the late great. And I don't say that tritely at all. He was wonderful and he passed away just a couple of years ago. But the motivational speaker Zig Ziglar was there. 
But one of the other speakers earlier in the day was, in my opinion, one of the greatest interviewers, certainly of my lifetime, the great Larry King. Uh, if you have a chance, he's actually still with us, and I understand he still does a few uh, touring dates where he gets up and talks. If you have a chance to see him live, I recommend it. He's very entertaining. Uh, when I saw him, he told some great hilarious stories about his early days in broadcasting, but he mentioned this one thing. People often ask him, Larry, you're, you're knowledgeable, obviously, uh, but you're also relatable and you come off as authentic. How is it that you come off as authentic? And again, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, at least as when I uh, saw him give this answer. So I'm only able to paraphrase, but essentially what he said is, well, the secret to, to, to coming off as uh, uh, being genuine is uh, to, to, to be genuine. He said, you know, as an example, if I were walking through the television studio and somebody grabbed my shoulder and said, Larry, we've got a television show getting ready to start, and the host is not here, uh, and we need somebody. You're the only one that we can, we can have do the interview. Everybody else is gone. Can you sit in the chair and do the interview? Uh, I would, of course, he says, say yes. He would look straight in the television camera and say, hello, I'm Larry King et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what we're doing today. And by the way, I was just walking through the hall. Somebody grabbed me and said, our normal host is not here. Can you sit in the chair? I'm unprepared. I don't really know how this is going to go, but we're here and we're going to do this together. And that's a little how I feel this morning with uh, Aaron Collins uh, being gone. So this is actually the first time I've had a chance to meet my guests just moments ago. So I'm here today with Michael Hall, who is the music director of the Kennett Symphony just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, the reason we're here and the reason we're at the Scott Center is he'll be performing as guest conductor for the uh, afternoon concert of Bach, Mozart, and Haydn. So given that this is our first time, uh, I've got a little bit of your background, but uh, uh, I'll be uh, playing the role of the listener who doesn't know who you are, and I'll, we'll start from the beginning. Uh, but Michael Hall, welcome to Maestros on Air. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. I'll do my best to answer some questions in the tradition of some of the great interviewers that are out there. I don't count myself as one, but uh, I'll just ask, where do you call home now? Well, I live up in Philadelphia, as a matter of fact. Well, outside of Philadelphia in, in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I, this is my um, second full season as music director of the Kennett Symphony. And uh, when I got the job, I decided at that point I was living in Florida, as a matter of fact. I was living in Fort Myers. And um, when I got the position uh, with Kennett Symphony, um, my thought was to move up to Kennett uh, it's a beautiful part of the country up there, um, and I've enjoyed it very much living up there. Uh, and, and also, part of my motivation was when you become a music director of an orchestra, what you, what you want to do is get to know the community the, the most you can. You want to get to know uh, your audience, uh, the important people in the community, uh, really get the zeitgeist of the, of the um, area. And so the only best way really to do that is to be part of the community. So uh, that prompted me to move up to Kennett, and I've been living up there with my fiance and her daughter for uh, just under two years now. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, well, let's back up a little bit. Uh, I hear a hint of an accent that doesn't sound like a Pennsylvania accent. Uh, uh, are you Canadian by birth? I am Canadian. That's very that's a very perceptive of you to to uh, to, to uh, <laughs> determine that. I absolutely am. I was born in Toronto. Okay. Uh, many, many years ago and uh, haven't lived in Canada for quite a few years, but I grew up in Toronto and, 
and and actually had the had the great fortune of of uh, of conducting and working up in Canada. I was the resident conductor for the Winnipeg Symphony for many years, um, and uh, I I enjoy very much coming back up there when I get the chance. My family still lives up in in uh, in Canada. Uh, but I have, I, as I said, I've lived in America for quite a few years now. Well, you mentioned earlier that you lived in Fort Myers. Was it from uh, Toronto to Fort Myers, or were, do you have no, stops in between? Yeah, and, I did. And, I and what was the yeah. reason that, you, that that made you move to the states? Uh, well, um, I initially moved to the states uh, for school. As a matter of fact, my my master's uh, degree is in uh, orchestral conducting at the University of Michigan. So that was the first. Uh, that was my initial reason to move from from Canada. Uh, since then, I've been to many different places. I lived in London for a few years. I lived in uh, Winnipeg, as I mentioned, uh, lived in California, uh, all job related, uh, whether it was a, uh, an assistant conductor position or resident conductor position, uh, I sort of moved where the work was. And that's what brought me to Fort Myers. Uh, I was the music director of the Southwest Florida Symphony for five seasons. And, um, and then, as I mentioned, Kennett Symphony opportunity came up. And once, once I secured that post, then I decided to move up to to Pennsylvania. And did, how long have you been with Kennett? Uh, two years. Two years. This is my second season. Just, just about the end of my second season now. Yeah. Well, I have to say you've timed it a bit wrong. Here we are the end of April. <laughs> and uh, next time you want to be a guest conductor here, I suggest maybe December, January, yeah, February. I'll have to talk to Aaron <laughs> about that. That's right. Exactly. The time. It's, it's actually, today's a beautiful day. Uh, not as humid as it as it as it will be certainly in the summertime. I remember that living in Fort Myers, but I, I love Florida. It's been great to come back. Uh, I haven't been back to Florida in, for about uh, well uh, almost two years now, and um, I do get the opportunity uh, to work with the Space Coast Symphony. Um, you know, uh, fairly regularly. I, I've I believe I've connected the group now might be two or three times over the last few years. So anytime I get to come back down to Florida, I'm very happy. Anytime I get to make music with, uh, with Jen, my fiance, she, as I mentioned, she's the principal horn of the Space Coast Symphony. So it's a great opportunity. We know, of course, we, we know each other very well and we enjoy making music together. So part of the appeal too for me is to come down to uh, work with the Space Coast Symphony and work with these great musicians of the orchestra. Now this was a fact I did not know. Your fiance is with the Space Coast Symphony. I see a decision in your future. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, one of venue. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, and, and, and of, of course she's lives up, uh, you know, we both live up in, in Pennsylvania and she comes down a little more frequently than I do, of course, to, she still works uh, with some orchestras in Florida. She will, she will uh, play with the, with the uh, um, Southwest Florida Symphony. She'll play with the, uh, um, sometimes she plays with the Charlotte Symphony and she plays with the Space Coast Symphony. So she's got a pretty busy schedule right now uh, working in Florida. And so she'll, so she's the one really that I'm most jealous of because she will come down here oftentimes in January, February, work with different orchestras and, and, and I'm left up in the snow in, uh, in Pennsylvania. But, <laughs> yep. but so this is a great opportunity because uh, I love this orchestra. I love what Aaron's doing with this orchestra. I think it's a very unique situation and to be a part of it and to come down and, and do what I can and make music with these musicians is a real joy. So uh, so I'm very pleased to 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 have the opportunity to come down and work. Yeah, and and obviously here in this show today, the focus is on you. But you, I was intrigued by one thing you said. So I want to ask one last question. You said horn player. Mm -hmm. Is that because she plays multiple instruments with various groups, or does she have one that she focuses on? Uh, she really she really plays in in many different groups. You know, she and, and some groups she's a principal horn, which means she's sort of the first chair. No, no, horn. I mean which horn. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, the French horn. Oh, the French yes, horn. Okay, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. That's right. That's right. Usually, you know, we often say horn, uh, but and most often that implies French horn, but not always. I mean, if you're talking about a jazz group and you say, oh, that guy's a great horn player, it could be trumpet. Yeah, so, so I'm not a exactly. professional musician. No, so you're in, absolutely in my, right. In my mind, I was thinking yeah. equivalent to brass player, yeah. but you meant the French horn. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, and, and she is. She's a French horn player, and uh, like I said, she plays uh, down here and up uh, in the uh, Pennsylvania uh, region to where I live. She's with the Lancaster Symphony and others. So, you know, like a lot of these musicians that play uh, in Space Coast, uh, they their life really is um, about um, traveling to different regional orchestras. I mean, they're sure. very busy. They're, they, they get booked up in the, in the season playing with many different orchestras, including the Space Coast Symphony. So this is just the lifestyle of, of, uh, of these musicians. And, you know, they do it because they love it. They do it because they love to play music. And, and You're right. Yeah, well, you know. as I said in the opener to the show here, uh, Eric Lee, the president of the mm -hmm. Symphony Board, this exactly. is going to be the first show that he has missed. Uh, and it's because he actually traveled to Miami to play with another group. Yep. Yeah, and that's not uncommon. And uh, you know, it's it's a gru it can be a very grueling uh, schedule for these musicians. Uh, one weekend they're in one place, next weekend they're in a different place, and they put a lot of miles on their car, and they drive up and down the coast, and and on the other coast, and and again, as, as Jen as an example, I mean, she not only plays down here in different parts of Florida, but also up in Pennsylvania. So really, um, it's a decision you make. I mean, the reward is playing great music in front of audiences. This is why we do what we do. Um, but it's certainly a big, um, you know, it's a big time commitment and a lot of traveling. We're glad that you made the choice to travel here, and I'm looking forward to hearing you conduct the symphony this afternoon. So turning back to you, and before we get to more discussion of conducting, I'd like to ask the question about you and playing of instruments. It, it's it's uncommon for someone to only be a conductor. You typically are a musician. What is your primary instrument? My primary instrument is piano. Okay. I began learning piano when I was very young. Um, and over the years, I've, uh, I, I, when I was a teenager, I, I learned, uh, I wanted to play percussion, I wanted to play the drum set. I said to my, my mom when I was a, a young teenager, I said, you know, the piano is not cool enough. I want to play, I want to play <laughs> drums. jazz keyboard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was never, and still not a jazz player. I, I really, and I, I also, that appeals to me too, but uh, I've always just been a classical uh, player on the piano. And so I thought, no, I want to play drums too. So my mom, uh, uh, you know, uh, gave in and, and bought me a drum set and I've I've been playing the percussion for many years too. And I actually even played the French horn in high school. Uh, when I was uh, in Toronto in high school, I, I learned the French horn. So uh, yes, you're right. Uh, no conductor is just a conductor without being a performer of some sort or other on one or more instruments. Um, but for many years, for me, conducting has been my main focus, of course. And um, I, of course, I still play piano. And I enjoy uh, playing piano again with, with my fiance. She and I will play uh, horn and piano pieces. Um, and um, we even play for <clears throat> you know, different uh, communities um, up in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I enjoy very much continuing to play the piano. Uh, but of course, my focus is, is conducting. Another thing we like to ask guests is, how did you first come to meet Aaron Collins? The only thing I know is he claimed that the two of you met in 2009. What were the circumstances around that? I met him through my fiance. Uh, Jen uh, and Aaron went to uh, UF at the same time. Jen was a grad student and Aaron was an undergrad. And so my connection to Aaron is through, is through Jennifer. 
Um, I can't remember the date. I guess I, I'm sure Aaron's right. It must have been 2009. I can't remember exactly the first time I met him, but uh, I did meet him through Jen. I met him under the auspices of this new orchestra he was putting together. Um, and that's where it started. And then I just discovered more about him and more about the orchestra um, and was always very impressed about, you know, it's very difficult to build an orchestra from scratch. This is not an easy thing to do for many reasons. Uh, you know, administrative, logistics, funding, this is a difficult thing to do. And Aaron has an incredible uh, drive and an incredible, uh, he's very resourceful. And he, you know, he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know the word no. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> uh, respond to that. He, he does what he wants to do. And really the proof's in the pudding. I mean, I believe it's been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, eight years. I think the symphony has been going on, uh, the Space Coast Symphony, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, uh, and, and the, the variety of, of offerings that they provide, um, the fact that they, they play, as you mentioned at the top of the show, in different communities and different uh, concert halls. Um, this is a big, big job. And Aaron not only conducts so well and, and understands the music so well, but he also does everything else so well. He does, as, as I mean, here he is right now going to, to move the harpsichord from one place to another. I mean, this is the thing you have to do when, you, when it's your baby and your orchestra and you have to do all sorts of different, um, you know, different, different functions. So I've always been very impressed with that. And what I try to do when he invites me to come and conduct, what I hope to bring is another perspective on the music making. I hope to, uh, oftentimes he'll ask me to conduct certain repertoire that um, he knows that I uh, enjoy and that I can maybe bring a different perspective to. So I, I feel like I'm filling a niche in a way that that he would like me to do. And I, I'm, I think this is wonderful. So uh, I'm always very impressed about this orchestra and... Um, and with Aaron and all the things that he's doing. And it's only going up from here. I mean, he adds more concerts and different concerts. Uh, he gets a wider uh, base of supporters all the time, uh, a greater um, audience uh, numbers. I mean, this audience loves him and the Space Coast Symphony. These are loyal audiences, and they trust him too. The other thing about being a music director is that you offer certain repertoire that maybe audiences don't know, uh, but they, because they love Aaron, because they love the orchestra, they trust him, and they think, okay, we're going to come and see what this is all about. So he, he does succeed more than many other orchestras do in, in presenting a wide range of, uh, of repertoire. New music, which often scares away a lot of people. Uh, uh, film music, which is so much fun to listen to. Um, he has a jazz orchestra. He's got a wind ensemble. I mean, there's lots of things that are going on with the group that that are unusual. So for me, just to be a part of that, a small part of that, uh, is a thrill. Yes. In fact, uh, I part of why I had to ask Aaron your history and when the two of you met, uh, I've actually only been involved with the symphony for a few years now. But even in the few years that I've been involved, I have noticed that the number of dates each year is increasing, mm. yep. that the variety is increasing, that we have guest conductors come in with different styles. We have different styles of music. Uh, the jazz orchestra has really blossomed over the last year or so. And the other great thing is, I think Aaron both challenges the listener by, by bringing some new music, 
or bringing a traditional piece of music and playing it with a little bit instrumentation. Uh, but he doesn't try to, in my opinion, impress the audience by forcing them to listen to something so obtuse. So it's, it's, it's different. It's a little unique. It's a little on the edge, but it's, it's still knowable and known. Yeah. And that, I think that is again, another challenge of a music director is to program a season, just as you say, with pieces that people know and love a certain amount of pieces that people don't know, but you're, you, but you believe that they will enjoy it when they hear it. Um, so you're challenging your audience, but you're also giving them, you know, a wonderful afternoon or evening out with music that they love. And this program that I'm conducting, um, the Bach, the Haydn, and the Mozart, uh, Aaron and I were chatting yesterday, and and this repertoire, surprisingly enough, I think you could say, uh, isn't necessarily done a, a tremendous amount on um, these uh, uh, symphony programs with the Space Coast Symphony. I believe this is the first time the orchestra has performed a Haydn symphony. And the f and and one of the first times they performed Bach, so uh, Aaron has really done a fantastic job in not necessarily just gluing on to these tried and true classical pieces. Um, although of course they're they're welcome and they deserve a place in any season program. But and this is again I think where I come in to a certain extent. Uh, Aaron of course can and does conduct this repertoire as well, but he sort of sees an opportunity for, for me to come in and work with this sort of repertoire, uh, classical, uh, you know, early romantic, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I, again, I, as I say, I'm very pleased to do it. So, you know, talk about a wide ranging repertoire for a symphony orchestra. Most symphony orchestras, their bread and butter is Mozart and Haydn right. and Beethoven. And again, as it, as it can be, and it is, and it's certainly wonderful when it is, but what a testament to the, I guess the uh, uh, the innovation that that uh, that uh, Aaron brings to this orchestra that a lot of the repertoire is not necessarily Haydn and Mozart. It's a lot of different uh, uh, programming, as you say, jazz and 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 woodwind and uh, woodwind groups and and great movie music and and you know they have a great uh, 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 they have a great um, uh, relationship with Nassau which is so unique in the way they perform pieces with visuals from Nassau. I mean, he's, like I said, he's always looking for a, a, a hook or, or, a, or a very interesting angle to, to show, uh, you know, uh, his audience. So Very much so. And in fact, in, in a few minutes, I want to ask you to go into depth a little bit about the specific pieces you'll be conducting later. But first, a reminder, if anybody is joining us mid-program, uh, if you hear some noises in the background, we're actually done something new today. We're set up on the stage in the middle of the Scott Center preparing. We're about an hour and a half out from a concert. So in the background, you'll hear people milling around. I see musicians walking in and out. In fact, they just rolled some timpani in here. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts tuning the timpani before too long. So uh, if you hear that, uh, don't let that be too much of a distraction. Uh, but again, it goes back to the theme of always doing something different, yeah. trying something out. I remember when Aaron actually came to me with the idea of doing a podcast for the symphony. And what I thought was very interesting is that we talked about it and we developed the idea. Traditionally, when I researched and looked at some of the other podcasts that are out there, they are traditionally taking a recording of a symphony performance, 
and bookending it with, you know, a couple of minutes of introduction and a couple of minutes of wrap up. Whereas, you know, with this particular podcast, we've taken the route of let's talk to the, inst- uh, let's talk to the performers. Let's talk to the people who are writing the music. In this case, let's talk to the guest conductor. And so we're, you know, always pushing. So here we are, uh, our first uh, remote of the second season. I'm sure you'll hear uh, more of those as the season progresses. So you did talk about repertoire a little while ago. And we talked about how Aaron really has a vision for certain kinds of pieces. As you say, uh, while we're playing Bach today, uh, it's not an every show performance. We're not sticking to, you know, the the classical top 40, so to speak. Uh, We're actually uh, always pushing out. Uh, But so different performers, different conductors have their own style. How would you classify your repertoire? What do you, what, so when you're at Kennett and you're programming a season, what kind of things do you like to put into the season? Well, uh, um, you know, I have a wide range of classical music I enjoy listening to and conducting. Uh, again, anywhere from, from the early classics right up through the Romantic era in the 20th century. We, in fact, we just did sort of along the lines of what Aaron does. We Last year, we just commissioned a brand new piece. It's our 75th anniversary with the orchestra. And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to commission a celebratory piece from a young composer. And, and that is what we did. And there's something very exciting about performing a piece that's never been heard before. Never mind just a piece that's new, but a piece that's never been heard. And so that's a real thrill. So I like to you know, in a season, as I plan a season, have certain elements of brand new music and certain elements of masterworks. I mean, the reason why we perform Beethoven symphonies or Mozart symphonies or Haydn symphonies in the case of this upcoming concert, Haydn number 104 is 104th symphony, is that these are masterworks. These are pieces that speak to the human condition. These are pieces that um, we all can relate to. So I keep that in the forefront of my mind when I program a season. Um, but of course, like any orchestra, you want variety, even in the types of offerings. So in Kennet, we have a holiday concert, which is all about uh, holiday music. And, and we have a sing-along and we have a lot of fun on, on, a, on a holiday concert. We have a concert just for kids. Uh, where we perform masterworks, but little small segments of them uh, for the young attention span, as it were. Uh, But we really try to make music accessible to young people. That's another one of our concerts. We also do outdoor concerts. Uh, There's a a gardens called Longwood Gardens that's just outside of Philadelphia, and they have an outdoor amphitheater, and we will perform in the summertime uh, up there. So, even well, for any conductor, and certainly from from in my mind, for my orchestra, I like to present as much variety as possible. Um, you know, I certainly enjoy conducting, as I said, the masterworks because I think they have so much to to say, uh, and they're a joy to perform. Um, but uh, but really, it's it, it's it's all about a variety: new music, old music, and different styles of music. And with that, uh, does that bring different sizes, different instrumentation? In other words, you know, full symphony one time, uh, quartet next time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, with a with a symphony orchestra, uh, it depends on the repertoire, as you as you say. For example, the Space Coast Symphony recently did Bruckner, one of the Bruckner symphonies, mm. and that could be as many as eighty, ninety, a hundred people on a stage. Uh, it's incredible. Oh. I I mean, and, and it's oh, great. Because, I'm sitting here looking at this stage, imagining yeah. 90 people on <laughs> it this stage. It gets a little tight. Gets I mean, a little tight. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but you know, this repertoire uh, demands those numbers, and because the composer, of course, wrote in all the different parts for all the different instruments, and it's a great experience for the audience. I mean, this is an overpowering 
uh, you know, statement of 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 uh, musical importance that is thrilling, and then you and then you compare that with let's say today's concert, uh, where our string numbers and our wind numbers are quite small. Uh, um, for example, I, I believe we have four first violins, we have uh, three second violins, we have three violas, two cellos, and one bass. And for any, uh, so really, we're, we we could you could say this is a chamber orchestra size. And again, that's the appeal. Uh, if you come, so one concert you hear this massive orchestra and chorus, perhaps. Another concert you come and you hear this very intimate music making. Uh, so in this case, for, t- for this afternoon's concert, this is a very intimate, uh, which has its own beauty and its <laughs> own challenges. Um, so, uh, you know, that's also part of this idea of a, of a, um, uh, different repertoire and, 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 and a variety of offerings that a, a symphony orchestra can put on. Well, let's um, go ahead and talk about that. Now I hinted at it earlier, by the time this uh, episode is out in the public, this concert will have come and gone. So we're not, uh, you know, in advance educating people, uh, they will have already <laughs> experienced the show if they came to it. So uh, this this w- this particular show will live in perpetuity, and so it'll be more one of education. Uh, so I'm curious if you can talk about the pieces that we're going to perform, and in particular, you know, what are some things about the pieces that the audience may not understand, you know, or may not be traditionally explained as as part of the background of those pieces? Yeah, the the program today, uh, the Bach, which we'll begin the program with, is one of the Brandenburg concertos, and is what we call a concerto grosso. And what's <clears throat> I think f- the first thing you notice about a piece like this is that you don't have one soloist or two or three, but you in fact have four solo instruments along with a a, a string orchestra. So that's the first thing you notice, and it gets it has the opportunity of of featuring some of our very talented members of the Space Coast Symphony, and this is Baroque music, which is in a style uh, that's a very what we call contrapuntal, which really in essence means different lines going on at the same time. Wonderfully complex, not complex to that in a sense that it's hard to listen to, but complex in a wonderful way.
such wealth of ideas. This is how Bach uh, wrote. Uh, and, and so that'll be our first uh, piece on the program. And then a horn concerto, one of Mozart's uh, horn concertos. He wrote four of them. And, um, and again, also featuring uh, a musician from the Space Coast Symphony, actually uh, also providing uh, help in the development, the fundraising aspect of the Space Coast Symphony, uh, Bill Rogan. And he will be performing the horn concerto. Yeah, in Mozart. fact, I just saw him walking past us a moment ago. Yep. So he's here. He's probably warming up and getting ready. And then we finish off the concert with uh, Haydn's last symphony, uh, what what uh, is termed as a London symphony, uh, because Haydn for many years uh, worked for a uh, a prince, uh, Esterhazy, and and for many many years he was he was sort of uh, in in um, uh, he was hired and was in in many uh, respects a servant, a musical servant you could put it uh, of the Esterhazy family. We're now we're going back in the in the 18th century now, uh, but at this time when this piece was written that we're going to perform, he was no longer in the service, at least not in a way that he had to be there writing all the time for this prince. So he was, he had more free time as it were. Going and, from <clears throat> essentially servitude to more, of, more to more of a commissioning. That is absolutely right. That's exactly what it was. And um, <clears throat> he, once he was on the market and by this point he was a very famous composer, uh, what he didn't know what he was going to do next. And, and the European musical community at large wanted to maybe grab him in order to, to uh, you know, commission him to do to do different pieces, and so a fellow named Solomon, and these symphonies are often known as the Solomon symphonies as well, the London symphonies. Uh, he came to Haydn and said, "Okay, Haydn, I w- would like you. I'm going to take you to London, and I want to commission. You know, I believe it was uh, six symphonies. I'm not exactly sure, and 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 other works." This is one of the symphonies that he wrote for uh, the London audience, premiered in London. 
Um, so it's sort of the what what the reason why we we play it today in many ways is the culmination of all of Haydn's uh, works in that genre, the symphonic genre. You could argue it's maybe maybe his finest is certainly one of his finest symphonies that he ever wrote, and this in a historical way now leads uh, to the Beethoven symphonies and and et cetera et cetera down through the through the ages. So it's a very seminal work. It's a very important work, and it's a great work. And Haydn is known. Uh, among other things, for his humor in his music. I mean, this is music that's light, that's humorous, um, that has a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of verve, um, a lot of contrasts. It's a very much of a crowd-pleasing symphony. And uh, as symphonies really were meant to be at this time, we're talking now 1790s, symphonies were at that time for the masses. And it was music that was written to please people. And this certainly does. So it's a great, it's a great program. It's a light program, I think, in many ways, uh, but with really three great masterworks on it. We were recording this prior to the performance, but uh, uh, listeners of the show will recall on a recent episode we uh, had on the show Nick Tuhill, who manages the facility for us and runs the sound. He'll be recording the show, so I'll take a leap of faith uh, that we've uh, got a good recording. So now will be a good time to go ahead and slip in a portion of that the Haydn London Symphony.
bit of Haydn from the concert. Uh, we are going to put that after the fact uh, in anticipation of your conducting it this afternoon. Uh, certainly, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have a question. How long are you going to be in Florida before you move to the next place? Yes. Um, in fact, uh, my fiance and I did, did a little bit of a road trip, which was a lot of fun. We, you know, once we knew this concert was on the books, and we and we, you know, we were getting ready for to come down here, we thought, boy, let's let's take a little drive. It's like a working vacation, right? Jen and I <laughs> sure. sort of uh, thought of it as, and we've, oh my God, we've enjoyed ourselves so much. We've so we spent a few days driving down. Uh, we had rehearsals uh, this afternoon's concert. We're on a Sunday. We had uh, a rehearsal yesterday and a concert last night. So this is actually going to be our second concert of 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 the, which is a wonderful thing because um, uh, the more an orchestra plays together, the more comfortable they are together, and the more that I can work with them the more they're comfortable with me and I with them. So anytime you get to perform under, you know, under performance conditions, um, you grow together artistically. And this second concert, I foresee it being even better than the first one because we're, we get to know each other even more musically. So speaking of the first one, we've already talked about mm -hmm. the fact that Aaron had to uh, take the horns and uh, go off and mm -hmm. move, move an instrument around. Uh, so he uh, scribbled a few notes and he said that uh, the first time you conducted was Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 3 in 2013 was that was that the only other time you conducted or have you been I, back no, since? I've done, I, so I think it's been twice uh, if I may be forgetting but well in fact I'm looking in his yeah. notes he, he doesn't say if it was the, the first time or the most recent he just mentioned that yeah, was a time that you I, conducted I do so. remember that was a wonderful so we did Beethoven's third symphony the Eroica and another time I, I distinctly remember uh, we did uh, the unfinished symphony of Schubert hmm Another fantastic masterwork, um, and so uh, oh yes, and another time which I which really s s left a great impression on me is I shared the concert with Aaron. We both conducted, and it was a concert of completely new music. And I mentioned before in the podcast how Aaron has has in a way made new music seem less intimidating for audiences, which is a which is a gift. And um, this concert, I remember, uh, I conducted I think two or three pieces. Aaron conducted maybe five or six. And it was in the Scott Center right here on the stage. And I remember the audience, it was a pretty full house, number one, for a completely contemporary concert is unique. And everybody was, was from the first piece to the last, really engaged. The audience was absolutely engaged the whole concert. And I looked around and I went, this is something special. Uh, because as I say before, uh, to get an audience to listen to one contemporary piece, never mind 10 of them on a program, <laughs> right, yeah. is something incredible. And I think the way he manages to do this, two things, I think. One is that Aaron is a composer himself. So there's a certain genuine love he has for contemporary music. And that comes across. Audiences can, can feel it. And also, he had, in that concert at least, the composers themselves come up and say a few words about each piece. And that means a great, that, that means a lot to an audience. Because if you're, and this is what, again, nothing Aaron does very well, and I try to do with my orchestra too, is let the audience in to what this music is about. And this is why this podcast is so great, because it's another opportunity for audiences to listen and to get to know the, the, what makes the symphony tick. So what Aaron does so wonderfully is he, in that concert, he explained and had the composers themselves explain what the pieces were all about. And that then, okay, I'm listening to a guy, I understand that this is, means this, or that he was, or a composer was trying to get this across. Now, now I have some context, and that's a very important thing. So uh, I, I, at least three times I've, I've, I've come down here, and you know, I hope, and Aaron and I have talked about this. I certainly hope to come down in the future 
And Aaron also agrees. And uh, again, my relationship with the orchestra has grown um, in in the very few times I've been. It's certainly been a great opportunity for us to make music together. So I, I'm hopeful to be to be back again. I <clears throat> after today, I, I we t- get in the car and head back up to Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. I go in a week. I go out to Tucson to conduct a Tucson Symphony in in a bunch of concerts uh, over the two week span. As a matter of fact. Um, worked with Tucson for many years now and they're a wonderful orchestra so I'm there then I'm back with my orchestra in the summertime we have a concert outdoors uh, and um, you know as a conductor you are always looking for different opportunities to conduct Um, I have an opportunity next year to go up to back up to my native country of Canada and conduct up the Prince George Symphony up in British Columbia. So, um, you know, it, it's a wonderful life. Uh, it's certainly, uh, you're always on the lookout for different opportunities. When you find opportunities that really work um, and, and are exciting for both yourself and hopefully the orchestra, then these are magical moments. And so you want to continue to 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 come back and to work with the group if they'll have you and, and to find new opportunities too. Well, it's, it's nice that it sounds like you have a bit of a hiatus that allows you to go around and be a, a guest conductor at some of these uh, other far-flung symphonies around the, the country and also back in Canada. Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, with the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, the number of performances has expanded to where now we are just at the end of the current season and getting ready to announce the new season, but it really is a, a continuous season. It's really kind of an arbitrary True. break. True, and that and that's also very unique for orchestras in Florida. I mean, my time with the Southwest Florida Symphony was very condensed. Uh, we would begin our season very late in the year, uh, really to 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 accommodate a lot of the our snowbird patrons. Yes, and, and and so that was fine. So we started, let's say, even in as late as November, and we would end our concert right before our season, right before Easter. So you know, we're only talking four or five months of music and that is that is the norm in many instances in regional orchestras in florida and here again here's aaron sort of breaking the mold and saying no no you don't have to do that i mean people are here all year round sure and it's a great opportunity to engage people all year round and so another another you know again people say typically no 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 you can't do that you have to start your concerts late and end early because of the snowbirds no, not necessarily. So, you know, and again, it's a vision that Aaron has. And, and part of what makes the symphony orchestra great is, is the unwavering, in many senses, vision that the organization has, that the music director has to, um, you know, to uh, 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 produce repertoire and concerts that he or she firmly believes in. And that goes a long way in getting audiences to come, you know. Uh, w- with your new season, uh, you'll be announcing it, or have you already announced it? No, we haven't announced it yet. Very do, shortly, do, as a matter do, of fact. Do you have any hint of a preview, if anybody from Canada well, tunes in? Well, uh, uh, for my orchestra, I mean, uh, you know, I've been looking at uh, doing, um, as our opening concert, Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony, uh, a Russian composer through the uh, uh, era of Stalin, right? Uh, and wrote music that was at, what was very much uh, speaking uh, from the heart uh, to the to the oppression that he and his countrymen were feeling during that time written in the 1950s very powerful piece so that we're going to open our concert with that uh, our season and then we do a wonderful concert our first time this year we did a concert in Longwood Gardens inside the conservatory anyone your listeners who are familiar with Longwood Gardens a wonderful um, uh, 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 you know botanical gardens and uh, and we did our first concert indoors which was to great success we were sold out months before it was wonderful so we're going to do it again next year and, and the, the main piece on that program uh, as I'm envisioning it is the Mendelssohn Italian Symphony Mendelssohn wrote four 
four symphonies. And this one, the Italian symphony, was written when he was in Italy. And, and as you can imagine, it's got such warmth and, uh, and, and, and excitement. This is a wonderful uh, a work uh, that will be our, our main focus of that concert. And plus our, our holiday concerts and our children's concerts too. So uh, we're going to announce that, I think, officially uh, probably in about a month or so. Um, but, um, you know, like any orchestra, like the Space Coast Symphony, we are just looking to present great music at a high level and, and we want to encourage everybody to come, even if you have preconceived notions about, well, symphonies are not for me, you know, that's all stuffy, that's all... No, no, this is music that, as I mentioned before, uh, appeals to everybody at some level. Um, and so we want to encourage people to come, just as, just as the Space Coast Symphony does so well. Well, I, I don't know what my travel plans are, but I do get around the country a bit. If uh, my plans have me up Wonderful. there during the summer, I will make it a point to I look up. I would love to have you there. That would be and, great. And uh, see if I can yeah. spend the night and attend one yeah, of the concerts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, no doubt uh, people listening can hear the, the noise level is rising a bit. Uh, we've opened the doors and people are filtering in. We're about a half hour from the, from the, uh, from the beginning of the concert. So I know you've got to go and get ready, uh, both uh, physically, uh, got to put on the black tie. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> and then, uh, probably a few minutes just uh, mentally to get ready. So we'll wind down, but I will let uh, our people know uh, that uh, this is winding down the current season. By the time this uh, episode is put out for public uh, consumption, uh, we'll be at the point of announcing the new season uh, on uh, an upcoming show. We'll actually do an entire episode dedicated to describing the upcoming season. We'll have some clips, uh, a preview of some of the various uh, performances that you can expect in the new year. Uh, but in the meantime, I think it's time for us to call this show to an end. Maestro Michael Hall, thank you so much for your time. My great pleasure. I enjoyed speaking to you, and, uh, and I hope everyone uh, who hasn't come to a, a concert, you must come. This is a very exciting uh, organization, and I'm, I'm very pleased to be a part of it. Thank you. And for all of you listening, uh, we're here at the Scott Center getting ready for the concert. On behalf of my counterparts, Eric Lee, Bill Trudeau, and Aaron Collins, I'll say thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you at the show. This has been Maestros On Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Episodes of this show are available for download in the iTunes Store or other podcast catcher, or for streaming at maestrosonair.com. For more information about the symphony or upcoming events, like us on Facebook, or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity production.